Hello, my name is Isaac, and today I will be reading <clears throat> Percy Jackson and the Last Olympian. Um, chapter, I guess, one, but still continuing on from where we left off last time. Uh, so I'm just going to read a little bit. Um, that's repeating for so you guys remember, because I know some of you binge watch the or watch binge listen to the episodes, but for those who are listening to them weekly once they get uploaded, um, I hope this will be a new way for you to easily catch up. Uh, so yeah, I'm just gonna start off. Just before we collided. I hit the ground, baseball style, and slid on the wet marble floor straight under the creature. It was like sliding under a seven-ton armored vehicle. All the crab had to do was sit and squash me. But before I realized what was going on, I jabbed Riptide into the chink in its armor, let go of the hilt, and pushed myself to the side. The monster shuddered and hissed. Its eyes dissolved. Its shell turned bright, and its, in- and its insides evaporated. The empty shell clattered to the floor in a massive heap. I didn't have time to admire my handiwork. I ran for the nearest stairs while while all around me monsters and demigods shouted orders and strapped on their weapons. I was empty-handed. Riptide, being magic, would appear in my pocket sooner or later, but for now I was was stuck somewhere under the wreckage of the crab and I had no time to retrieve it. In the elevator foyer on deck eight, a couple of drachnae slithered across my path. From the waist up, there were women in green scaly skin, yellow eyes, and forked tongues. From the waist down, they had double snake trunks instead of legs. They had spears, they held spears, and weighted nets, and I knew from experiences they could use them. What is this? One of them, one said. A prize for Kronos. I wasn't in the mood to play Break the Snake, but in front of me, was a stand with a model of the ship, like, you are here display. I ripped the model off its pedestal and hurled at the first drachne. The boat smacked her in the face, and she went down with the ship. I jumped over her, grabbed her friend's spear, and swung her around. She slammed her, I slammed her into the elevator and kept running towards the front of the ship. Get him! She screamed. Hellhounds bayed, an arrow from somewhere from someone, whizzed past my face and impaled itself in a magony-paneled wall on the stairwell. I didn't care, as long as I got to the monsters away from the engine room and gave Beckendorf more time. I was running up the stairwell, and a kid charged down. He looked like he'd just woken up from a nap. His armor was half on. He yelled, he drew a sword and yelled, Kronos! But he sounded more scared than angry. He could have been more than twelve. At the same about the same age I was when I had first arrived at the Camp Half-Blood. That thought depressed me. This kid was getting brainwashed, trained to hate the gods and lash and lash out because he'd been born half-Olympian. Kronos was using them, and yet the kid thought I was his enemy. No way I was going to hurt him. I didn't need a weapon for this. I stepped aside his, inside his strike, grabbed his wrist, slammed it against the wall. His sword clattered out of his hands. Then I did something I hadn't planned on. It was probably stupid. It definitely jeopardized our mission, but I couldn't help it. If you want to live, I told him, get off the, get off the ship now. Tell the other demigods. Then I showed him down the stairs and sent him tumbling to the next floor. 
I kept climbing. Bad memories. A hallway ran past the cafeteria. Annabeth, my half-brother Tyson, and I had sneaked through there three years ago on my first visit. I burnt outside onto the main deck, off the port bow. Bow. The sky was darkening from purple to black. The swimming pool glowed between two glass towers with more balconies and restaurant decks. The whole upper ship seemed eerily deserted. All I had to do was cross to the other side. Then I could take the staircase down the heli- helipad, our emergency rendezvous point. With any luck, Beckendorf would meet me there. We'd jump into the sea. My water powers would protect us both, and we'd detonate the charges from the wa- quart- from a quarter mile away. I was halfway across the deck when the sound of a voice made me freeze. You're late, Percy. Luke stood on the balcony above me, a smile of his on his scarred face. He wore jeans, a white t-shirt, and flip-flops, like he was just a normal, cool-aged, college-aged guy. But his eyes told the truth. It was solid gold. We've been expecting you for days. At first, he sounded normal, like Luke. But then his face twitched. A shudder passed through his body like he'd just drunk something really nasty. His voice became heavier, ancient and powerful. The voice of the Titan Lord Kronos. The world scraped... The words scraped down my spine like a knife blade. Come bow, come, bow before me. Yeah, that'll happen, I muttered. Lestragonian giants filled in on either side of the swimming pool, as if they'd been waiting on for a cue. Each of us, each was two and a half meters tall, with tattooed arms, leather armor, and spiked clubs. Demigod archers appeared on the roof above Luke. Two hellhounds leaped down from the opposite balcony and snarled at me. In the seconds, I was surrounded. A trap. There's no way they could have gone into position so fast unless they knew I was coming. I looked up at Luke and anger boiled inside me. I didn't know if Luke's consciousness was still inside that body. Maybe. The way his voice had changed. Or maybe it was just Kronos adapting to his new form. I told myself it didn't matter. Luke had been twisted and evil long before Kronos possessed him. A voice said in my head, I have to fight him eventually. Why not now? According to that big prophecy, I was supposed to make a choice that saved or destroyed the world when I was 16. That was only seven days ago. Or away. Why not now? If I really had the power, what difference would a week make? I could end this treat, this threat, right here, by taking down Kronos. Hey, I'd fought monsters and gods before. As if reading my thoughts, Luke smiled. No. He was Kronos. I had to remember that. Come forward, he said, if you dare. The crowd of monsters parted. I moved up the stairs, my heart pounding. I was sure somebody would stab me in the back, but they let me pass. I felt my pocket and found my pen waiting. I uncapped it, and Riptide grew into a sword. Kronos's weapon appeared in his hands. A two-meter-long scythe. Half celestial bronze, half mortal steel. Just looking at the thing made my knees turn to jello. But before I could change my mind, I charged. Time slowed down. I mean, literally slowed down. Because Kronos had that power. I felt like I was moving through syrup. My arms were so heavy I could barely raise my sword. Kronos smiled, swinging his scythe at normal speed and waiting for me to creep towards my death. I tried to fight his magic. I concentrated on the sea around me source of my power. I'd got better at channeling it over the years, 
but no, nothing seemed to happen. I took another slow step forward. The giants jeered. Drachma hissed with laughter. Hey, Ocean, I pleaded. Any day now would be good. Suddenly, there was a wrenching pain in my gut. The entire boat lurched sideways, throwing monsters off their feet. 4,000 gallons of salt water surged out of the swimming pool, dowsing me and Kronos and everyone on the deck. The water revitalized me, breaking the time spell, and I lunged forward. I struck at Kronos, but I was still too slow. I made the mistake of looking at his face. Luke's face. The guy who was once my friend. As much as I hated him, it was hard to kill him. Kronos had no such hesitation. He sliced downward with his scythe. I leaped back, and the evil blade missed by a millimeter, cutting a gash in the deck right between my feet. I kicked Kronos in the chest. He stumbled backwards, but he was not, but he was heavier than Luke should have been. It was like kicking a refrigerator. Kronos swung his scythe again. I intercepted it with Riptide, but the strike was so powerful, my blade could only deflect it. The edge of the scythe shaved my shirt sleeve and grazed my arm. It shouldn't have been a serious cut, but the entire side of my body exploded with pain. I remembered what a, she, what a sea demon had once told me about Cronus' scythe. Careful, fool. One touch, and the blade will sever your soul from your body. Now I understood what he meant. I wasn't just losing blood. I could feel my strength, my will, my identity draining away. I stumbled backwards, switched my sword to my left hand, and lunged desperately. My blade should have run through him, but it deflected off his stomach like a solid marble. There was no way he should have survived that. Kronos laughed. A poor performance, Percy Jackson. Luke tells me you were never his match at swordplay. My vision started to blur. I knew I didn't have much time. Luke had a big head, I said. But at least it was his head. Ashamed to kill you now, Kronos mused, before the, my final plan unfolds. I would love to see your terror in your eyes when you realize how I will destroy Olympus. This boat, you'll never get the boat, this boat to Manhattan. My arm was throbbing. Black spots danced in my eyes. And why would that be? Kronos' golden eyes glittered. His face, Luke's face, seemed like a mask, unnatural, and lit from behind like some, by some evil power. Perhaps you're counting on your friends with the explosives. He looked down at the pool and called, Nakamura! A teenage guy in full Greek armor pushed through the crowd. His left eye was covered with a black patch. I knew him, of course. Ethan Nakamura, son of Nemesis. I'd saved his life in the labyrinth last summer, and in return, Bullpunk helped Kronos come back to life. Success, my lord, Ethan called. We just... We found him just as we were told. He clapped his hands and two giants lumbered forward, dragging Charles Beckendorf between them. My heart almost stopped. Beckendorf had a swollen eye and cuts all over his face and arms. His armor was gone and his shirt was nearly torn off. No! I yelled. Beckendorf met my eyes. He glanced at his hand like he was trying to tell me something. His watch. I hadn't taken it yet. And that was the detonator. Was it possible the explosives were armed? Surely the monsters would have dismantled them right away. We found him amidship, one of the giants said, trying to sneak to the engine room. Can we eat him now? Soon. Kronos scowled at Ethan. Are you sure he didn't set the explosives? He's going towards the engine room, my lord. How do you know that? Uh, Ethan was shifted uncomfortably. 
he was heading in that direction, and he told us, his bag is still full with, of explosives. Slowly, I began to understand. Eckendorf had fooled them. When he realized he was going to be captured, he turned to make it look like he was going to go the other way. He convinced them he hadn't made it to the engine room yet. The Greek fire still might be primed. But that didn't do us any good unless we could get off this ship and detonate it. Kronos hesitated. By the story, I prayed. The pain in my arm was so bad now I could barely stand. Open his bag, Kronos ordered. One of the giants ripped the explosives satchel from Beckendorf's shoulder. He peered inside, grunted, and turned it upside down. Panic mon- monsters surged backwards. If the bag really had been full of Greek fire jars, we would have all blown up. But what fell out were a dozen cans of peaches. I could hear Kronos breathing, trying to control his anger. Did you perhaps, he said, capture this demigod near the galley? Ethan turned pale. Um, and did you perhaps send someone to actually check the engine room? Ethan scrambled back in terror, then turned on his heels and ran. I cursed silently. Now we only had minutes before the bombs were disarmed. I caught Beckendorf's eye again and he asked a silent question, hoping he would understand. How long? He cupped his fingers and thumb, making a circle. Zero. There was no delay on the timer at all. If he managed to press the detonator button, the ship would blow at once. He would never be able to get far enough without u- before using it. The monster would kill us first, or disarm the explosives. Or both. Kronos turns towards me with a crooked smile. You'll have to excuse my competent help, Percy Jackson, but it doesn't matter. We have you now. We've known you were coming for weeks. He held out his hand and dangled a little silver bracelet with a scythe charm. The Titan Lord symbol. The wound in my arm was sapping my ability to think, but I muttered, Communication device. Spy. At camp. Kronos chuckled. You can't count on your friends. They will always let you down. Luke learned that lesson the hard way. Now, drop your sword and surrender to me, or your friend dies. I swallowed. One of the giants had his hand around Beckendorf's neck. I was in no shape to rescue him, and even if I tried, he would die before I got there. We both would. Beckendorf mounted one word. Go. I shook my head. I couldn't just leave him. The second giant was still rummaging uh, the peach cans, which meant Beckendorf's left arm was free. He raised it slowly towards the, towards the watch on his right wit- wrist. I screamed, No! Then, down by the swimming pool, one of the Drachna hissed, What is he doing? What is that on his wrist? Beckendorf closed his eye tight and brought his hand up to his watch. I had no choice. I threw my sword like a javelin at Kronos. It bounced harmlessly off of his chest, but it didn't startle him. But it did startle him. I pushed through a crowd of monsters and jumped off the side of the ship towards a thirty, towards the water thirty meters below. I heard a rumbling deep in the ship. Monsters yelled at me from above. Spears sailed past my ear. An arrow pierced my thigh, but I barely had time to register the pain. I plunged into the sea and willed the currents to take me far, far away. Fifty meters, a hundred meters. Even from that distance, the explosion shook the world. Heat seared the back of my head. The Princess Andromeda blew up from both sides. A massive fireball of Greek flame, green flame rolling into the dark sky. 
consuming everything. Beckendorf, I thought. Then I blacked out and sank like an anchor towards the bottom of the sea. And that was the end of chapter one of the new book. I hope you guys liked um, that chapter, enjoyed it, and uh, see you next week. That was also a um, pretty sad chapter. I mean, yeah, one of the side characters, I guess, but not like the most side character of side characters. Um, die? Not not very nice, obviously. Um, uh, well, I'm really a detective. Um, yeah. Uh, hope. I'm sorry that this episode goes one day late. My bad. Um, yeah. See you guys next week. Bye. Isaac.